Along with the skill talent that he possesses, Spencer Rattler is carrying something else with him in spring practice that will make him even more dangerous in 2023. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcast daily. And for those of y'all who are watching today's show on YouTube, yes, I do have a new location. The setup right now is pretty much the same. But again, I do plan to have some changes with my setup in the very near future. So hopefully things are going to get even better from here. And again, sincere apologies for the inconsistencies with the show in recent weeks. I know it has to get better. And again, I promise y'all I'm going to try my absolute hardest over the coming months to get much better in that aspect. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get on into this Monday edition of Locked On Gamecocks. Starting off with South Carolina's football team, there's something that we need to start paying attention to with South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler. And that is this. QB1 now has confidence, and that combined with Dow Loggins' plan for this offense should scare South Carolina's opponents for the 2023 football season. I was rummaging through Shane Beamer's press conference that he had with the media this past Tuesday, and I came across this comment that he had on Spencer Rattler when he was asked about sort of the biggest difference between him this past spring and and this spring. So before I continue, let's take a listen to what Shane Beamer had to say regarding Spencer Rattler. What's kind of the biggest difference you've seen in Spencer coming into spring practice this year versus, you know, where he was last year coming in brand new? I think it's um, just the confidence that he's playing with. Not that he wasn't confident last year, because last year he was learning a new system, and this year he's learning a new system. There's some carryover, but there's a lot of newness uh, to what we're doing as well. Uh, but he's he's very confident, very comfortable, and to me, it's just the leadership that I've seen from him. You know, he, last year he came in at this time, and and uh, I've said it before to you guys, he wasn't really trying to impose his will and force his leadership upon anyone. He was trying to earn their respect and earn a role and and go from there. Now everybody knows what he can do and what he's done here at Carolina. And he's been much more of a, it's very clearly his team. It's very clearly his offense. And uh, the, the leadership that he's showing out there, just being vocal and, and talking to people, that's the biggest thing that I've, uh, that I've noticed from him. Now, while those words from Shane Beamer are obviously going to be music to the majority of South Carolina's fans' ears, I do know that there's going to be a certain group out there that is going to hear that. And the primary thought that you're going to have going away from that clip is going to be, well, Confidence is something that most athletes should have at this level of football, or quite honestly, in any sport. And while I do agree with those people on that premise, I think it's important for all of us to remember sort of what Spencer Rattler was dealing with this past year. He went from playing 
for the Oklahoma Sooners to playing for the South Carolina Gamecocks. And this involved a litany of changes in Spencer Rattler's life, both on and off the field. Starting off with uh, on the football field, Spencer Rattler had a whole new set of teammates and coaches. And besides really Shane Beamer, to be honest, he had to get to know everybody in the building. He had no real connections with people besides Austin Stogner, who transferred with him from Norman, Oklahoma to Columbia, South Carolina. And because of this, Spencer Rattler had to walk a bit of a tightrope in terms of his locker room presence. Because let's be honest, even for a guy as talented as Spencer Rattler, when you go into a new locker room, when you join a new team, and that team within the past one to two years has had a modest amount of success, the last thing that you want to do is step on into that locker room and essentially act like that, you know, everything is going to run through you from that point forward, both on the field or on the court, and again, inside that locker room. Obviously, everyone knows from a skill standpoint that in Spencer Rattler's case, you are the guy, but in terms of having that voice, they're not going to be so quick to follow you. And so you have to be careful in terms of just how much you push the envelope in that regard. He has to build chemistry with his teammates. And that means obviously doing stuff off the field, just hanging out with the guys, going to catch a movie, maybe having a date night with, you know, his girlfriend and maybe some of the other guys and their girlfriends, a litany of things that you have to do in order to build those relationships. This was an entirely new environment for Spencer Rattler. And you got to also remember this. His family lives all the way out in Arizona. Spencer Rattler already was making a very seismic move by going from Arizona all the way out to Oklahoma. Then, in this case, he went from Oklahoma over to South Carolina, quite literally on the opposite side of the country from his family which obviously for anybody that is dealing with a circumstance like that, that is going to take a while to get used to, to understand that, you know, obviously it was already tough enough for him when he was at Oklahoma to be able to go back and see his family and some of his friends from back home. Now being at South Carolina, it's even tougher. He was joining a new conference with a perceived elevated competition level. Obviously, again, that's not to disparage the Big 12. The Big 12 has some solid players and a couple good teams in that conference as well. And I do think that the depth in that conference is a little bit better than some people will give it credit for. But let's be honest, the SEC is the SEC. It is on a completely different level compared to pretty much every other conference outside maybe the Big 10 when it comes to college football. The speed is different. The physicality is different. The size is different. Everything is different in the SEC. And there's no question that Spencer Rattler, to a certain degree, as talented as he is, had to adjust to that this past football season. And then, of course, you talk about the scheme change that he had to deal with. Going from the air raid offense under head coach Lincoln Riley to a pro-style heavy offense that was led last season by Marcus Satterfield. This means that there's more components that he had to keep in his mind. He had more complex terminology that he had to deal with, more checks that he had to go through before he ever even got the football. And of course, we've been over that topic time and time again. 
So you ball all that up together into one, and it's pretty clear that there's good reason to see why Spencer Rattler at times had some struggles this past year. That was just on the field without all of us seeing what all happened during the offseason, going through spring practice. Now, Spencer Rattler has been in South Carolina for over a year. He has built a rapport with all these guys on the roster, besides the guys, of course, that just transferred in or have just literally come here from high school. He has proven what he could do at the highest level of college football, but he's now done it in Columbia against really solid teams like Tennessee and Clemson. And the other thing is, based on Dow Loggins' rhetoric so far this offseason, Spencer Rattler is now in an offense that is going to be quarterback-centric and is going to be called by coordinator Dow Loggins, who has a pro background. He has coached some of the best quarterbacks in the entire sport of football. He has been surrounded by some of the best minds in the sport for several years now. So it's no wonder why Spencer Rattler has more confidence. And with this added confidence combined with his talent, this could lead to more results like we saw late last season. Now, am I saying that he's going to throw for over 400 yards and five, six touchdowns like he did against Tennessee every single game? No, I am not saying that. And I'm not also saying that this means that Spencer Rattler is going to win the Heisman Trophy in 2023. However, that doesn't mean the Gamecocks can't win maybe almost 10 games. It doesn't mean that they cannot end the hopes, the college football playoff hopes of a couple teams on their schedule once again in 2023. There's definitely some big time goals that South Carolina is setting out to try and accomplish in 2023. And Obviously, again, you need to have talent in order to do what South Carolina wants to do, but you've also got to have confidence to go along with that because if you don't have confidence, nothing else honestly matters because now that Spencer Rattler has the confidence to pair with the talent that he already possesses, South Carolina is going to be even more dangerous in 2023 for their SEC opponents and for their non-conference opponents, including the Clemson Tigers. So again, great stuff to hear from Shane Beamer on that front. And obviously, again, South Carolina wants to accomplish the highest of goals that they have in 2023. It's all going to lie mainly on the shoulders of number seven under center. Now, South Carolina's football season, again, it is going to be another five, six months before we can even talk about how the team is doing so far in their season. But for South Carolina's women's basketball team, their season is is winding on down as they're preparing to play their Elite Eight matchup against the Maryland Terrapins later this evening. And I got a pretty strong opinion on how I think this game is going to play out. We're going to dive into that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket has been around for a couple of weeks now. If you haven't already filled out a bracket, go to www.builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. I picked Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs at the very beginning of the bracket challenge to go all the way to the end. When you vote, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. And one lucky Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built, where your favorite bar or puff can 
can be delivered right at your doorstep. Built Bars are jam-packed with protein, are low in sugar, and again, are covered in 100% real chocolate. So, run to www.builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So be sure to take advantage of the opportunity to support your favorite bar today. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. The South Carolina Gamecocks, in my opinion, are going to defeat the Maryland Terrapins later tonight and advance to the Final Four. You heard me say it. I'm not afraid to say it. I think South Carolina is going to defeat Maryland later tonight. And I think that there's a few different reasons why this is going to happen. So, let's start off with the obvious one, which, when it comes to South Carolina, the first thing that people point to is obviously the overall height and size advantage that they have and the depth that they have on the roster, but especially in their front court. And I think that in this particular matchup against the Maryland Terrapins, this is going to be a huge matchup advantage for South Carolina. Maryland's listed forwards who play in their rotation are Faith Masonius and Brene Alexander, who according to Maryland's website are six foot one and six foot even respectively. Now Diamond Miller, who was listed as a guard for the Terrapins, is the tallest player on the roster at six foot three and also happens to be the leading rebounder, averaging six and a half rebounds per game. South Carolina, of course, has Aaliyah Boston, Camilla Cardoso, Victoria Saxton, and Letitia Meehir. And the average height of that group is six foot three. And here's the thing. In terms of the depth and overall height and length between both of these teams, the advantage really shows up for South Carolina in the rebounding department. Because for Maryland, Masonius, Alexander, and Miller combined for an average of 14.8 rebounds per game. For South Carolina, their quartet in the front court averages 24.8 rebounds per game, 10 more than the aforementioned group with Maryland. And as a team overall, South Carolina averages 12.5 more rebounds per game compared to the Maryland Terrapins. So again, in terms of the overall length, the height, and the depth in the front court, the Gamecocks hold a massive advantage when you're talking about rebounds and how often they're going to have probably easier opportunities to score in the paint. That is going to play heavily in the favor of the Gamecocks in this matchup. Now, the second reason why I think Sapcon is going to win later tonight. Diamond Miller, the star player for the Maryland Terrapins, as good as she is, is it enough of a game breaker to put the Terrapins over the top against South Carolina? And to illustrate this, I want to throw out some numbers real quick of Diamond Miller's stats when she faced off against top 150 defenses throughout this season. South Carolina's scoring defense, of course, ranks number one in the country, for those of you who were wondering about that. But 
Donovan Miller has played against some solid defenses in UConn, Notre Dame, and Indiana. UConn scoring defense ranks 47th at this point in the tournament. And against UConn, Donovan Miller only scored 17 points, but shot 30.8% from the floor to get those 17 points. Against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a team that did not have Olivia Miles in the Sweet 16, and the team that Maryland just defeated to get to the Elite 8, Diamond Miller scored 18 points. Again, not a bad point total, but shot just 35.3% from the floor and had four turnovers to go along with that. Now, in fairness to Diamond, she did score 35 points on 52% shooting against a Notre Dame team with Olivia Miles earlier in the season, but it was interesting to see how much better Notre Dame did against Diamond Miller the second time around, even without their best player on the floor. And then the other team to note, Indiana, they had the 110th scoring defense in the country, so nowhere near as good as UConn or Notre Dame. Diamond Miller scored 19 points, which is right around her season average, but shot 38.5% from the field and had five turnovers to go along with that. So the point being is this, when Diamond Miller has faced a team that has a real competent defense, to be quite honest, she does not absolutely take over the basketball game. Does she have solid outings in terms of the overall amount of points that she puts on the board? Sure, she does, but she's not someone that goes into full-blown takeover mode. In the four matchups I just mentioned, again, she only had the one time where she went off against Notre Dame in the middle of the regular season, but otherwise, she's been kept pretty much in check to what her talent amounts to. So, for South Carolina, yes, you have to stop Diamond Miller, but as we mentioned with the first reason why I think South Carolina is going to win later tonight, the story needs to be, can Maryland stop South Carolina's front court? Not can South Carolina stop Diamond Miller. Again, a good player, but not good enough to carry Maryland to a victory by herself. And the last thing to note with this matchup, Maryland is really going to try to push the envelope on the defensive end. They're going to try to force a lot of turnovers. And the thing is, Maryland's done a really good job of doing this throughout the season up to this point. They are 24th nationally in turnovers forced per game, forcing on average 19.68 turnovers per game from their opponent. But the flip side of the coin is this. Maryland ranks 230th out of 350 Division I programs in field goal percentage defense, allowing opponents to shoot 41.2% from the floor on average. Now for South Carolina, they have done a great job of taking care of the basketball to this point in the season. They have the 19th lowest turnover mark nationally on offense. And the thing is, I don't have the number in terms of what their field goal percentage is on the offensive end, but I also have to imagine that that ranks pretty high as well. So the point being is this, South Carolina on offense, the main thing that they got to do is take care of the basketball. Do not let Maryland change how you go about your tempo. Don't let them rush you and don't let them get you off kilter. South Carolina has had some issues with this throughout certain points during the regular season. I do not suspect that to be an issue at this point, however, in the tournament. The only way South Carolina possibly loses to Maryland is if they just cough up the ball around 20 plus times and because of that, Maryland gets more opportunities to score and 
that gives them a chance to keep the gap pretty close and give them a shot to win at the end. But overall, South Carolina's front court, Diamond Miller's likely inability to be able to carry her team against a program as good as South Carolina, and how well the Gamecocks take care of the basketball offensively is going to lead them to victory on Monday night, and they will advance to the Final Four to face off against Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, South Carolina has not just been doing well on the hardwood lately. They've also been doing great on the baseball diamond. South Carolina's baseball team got another conference sweep against the Missouri Tigers this past weekend, and they did that in dramatic fashion with some late-game heroics. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more in just a couple moments. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is now heading into the Final Four. And there's no better place to get on the action right now than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, a new customer can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Money guaranteed either way. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to a specific prop bet and even make your own same-game parlay. I believe that UConn is going to win the national championship in the men's bracket. They are listed currently at plus 110 odds to win the entire thing. They have dominated in the past couple of rounds. And quite honestly, with the way this Final Four is set up, I don't see any of these other teams slowing down the UConn Huskies. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina's baseball team continues to dominate on the baseball diamond as they won their 4th, 5th, and 6th conference games this past weekend in a series sweep over the Missouri Tigers. And the thing is, coming out of this weekend, it's pretty clear. This team has got an it factor that could lead to them having a deep postseason run. After the Missouri series concluded on Saturday, the Gamecocks are now officially 6-0 and in games decided by two runs or less this season. In five of these six games, South Carolina had to score two-plus runs in the seventh inning or later to tie or take the lead in those contests. And four different players have helped the Gamecocks take the lead in those five comeback wins that they have had. Those four players being Will McGillis against Penn, Carson Hornung against the Clemson Tigers, Michael Braswell against both the Georgia Bulldogs and the Missouri Tigers, and Ethan Petrie against the Missouri Tigers in Game 3 of that series. Not only does this team have the experience in fighting some uphill battles late in games, which is extremely important in terms of preparing a team for postseason play, but multiple guys have shown the ability to come up big in those moments. South Carolina's team, they're doing so much 
right now at such a high level. First of all, SAFCON has now played in three double headers, I believe, over the last three weekends each. And obviously, while you don't want to see your team have to play that many double headers, I think this is going to serve South Carolina well over the long haul because obviously they're probably going to end up playing a couple more by the time we get towards the end of the regular season. And that's just going to make them more equipped and prepared to deal with such scenarios compared to the majority of their SEC counterparts. In terms of the way they're winning right now, South Carolina is becoming the most clutch team in all college baseball. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I have not seen any other college baseball team that has come back in such dramatic fashion in late game moments like the Gamecocks have up to this point. Now, I understand the Gamecocks have not done it against the likes of a team maybe like an LSU, like an Arkansas, like, say, a Miami or a Tennessee or some other big-name baseball program at the collegiate level. But South Carolina has now done it multiple times against SEC opponents. They did it against a really solid non-conference foe in the Penn Quakers, and obviously their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers on a neutral field in a series that was full of emotions. And despite all of that, South Carolina has answered the bell every single time. Now, obviously... Baseball is a very fickle sport, so at some point, the Gamecocks are going to probably drop one of these games, and that is to be expected. I mean, they lost to the Charlotte 49ers in their midweek game this past week. I don't think that would have been the game that most people would have predicted as the point in which South Carolina would have lost their second game of the season. I don't think that would have been the case, but that's just the way that this sport operates. Weird things happen, and so despite Knowing all that, for South Carolina to be doing as well as they are right now in these close game situations, it speaks to the metal that this team has. Just how deep this roster is. Not just at the plate, but also on the pitching mound. I mean, the Gamecocks, they quite literally, after going through such a tumultuous season in 2022, where the Gamecocks at certain points honestly only had five or six viable options to come out of the bullpen or to go out to the mound just in general, the Gamecocks this season now quite literally go 9 to 12 pitchers deep on their roster. That is absolutely terrifying for every other team in the SEC and any team in college baseball that has aspirations of going to Omaha and winning the College World Series. Now, obviously... There's still a long ways to go here. South Carolina has got plenty of other tough series that they're going to have to play. They still have to play the LSU Tigers. They got to go on the road to play the Arkansas Razorbacks. They got to go on the road to play the Vanderbilt Commodores. They got to play the Florida Gators still. They got to play the Tennessee Volunteers. There's a lot of other good teams that South Carolina has yet to face in this conference. All those teams likely are better than the Missouri Tigers. But South Carolina to this point, again, has shown at the minimum, they're not scared of the moment. They're not. And I think that's something that's going to play into the minds of some of South Carolina's opponents as this season continues to progress. So great things for Mark Kingston and his squad. And I do believe that they play one midweek game 
later on this week. I believe that they take on the Citadel Bulldogs on the road. Always a tough one for that squad. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. I believe that's taking place on Tuesday night. So that would be tomorrow night in the low country. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. How much more dangerous do you think Spencer Rattler is with this confidence now being paired with his skill set along with this new offense that's going to be called by new offensive coordinator Dow Loggins? Let me know your thoughts on that and the other topics I discussed today down below in the comments section. If you watch today's show on YouTube or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to your comment or message as quickly as I see it. And once again, thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. For your second listen or watch, I would like for you to go check out Lockdown College Basketball, where experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know both on and off the court for the final four. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. And I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast.